2: I think you have to understand that not everybody was raised a certain way or had maybe the same opportunities to learn the necessary foundation that they need to be significant and successful over long term. And that's part of your job through sports is to teach that.
3: This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. In celebration of the start of the college football season, today's conversation is with Jamie Chadwell, head football coach at Coastal Carolina University. After leading the Chanticleers to a historically successful season in 2020, Chadwell received many Coach of the Year honors, including AP Coach of the Year. Prior to taking over the Coastal Carolina program in 2019, Chadwell was a three-time Big South Coach of the Year during his time as head coach at Charleston Southern University. Coach Chadwell and I discuss finding your why, how teamwork helps you become your best self, and the importance of empowering vocal leaders man i am absolutely fired up i got another awesome guest not too far from where i live uh joining me from coastal carolina the Clears head football coach and 2020 ap national coach of the year coach jamie Chadwell. coach thanks so much for hopping on sir
2: yeah appreciate the opportunity thank you
3: yeah no doubt man I, I got a chance to talk to coach gilmore about a year and a half ago i love coastal carolina a lot of people don't know man you guys are uh I mean, winning national championships in baseball, and then, of course, you guys were on the football side knocking on the door to go to a uh, college football playoff a couple years ago. Congratulations.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, we're, we've, you know, obviously having the baseball team here and the success they've had, you know, you want to try to meet those expectations. There's a championship uh, level expectation here on this campus from, from our sports teams in general, and uh, we needed to make sure we were carrying our, our weight on that. And, the last couple of years have been
3: good to us. Well, you're certainly doing that, Coach. And you know, looking at your your career, and you know, obviously now being the head football coach at Coastal Carolina, you know, you've had a, a great playing career in your own right uh, back in college as a quarterback. But you didn't start your college coaching career at the Power Five level. Uh, matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, you you were you were an offensive coordinator or, or a head coach at the Division Two level. And a lot of times today, especially you know in today's culture, there's this D one or bust mentality and you know, I try to advocate for kids because I play baseball at Division Three in North Carolina Wesleyan College, and I try to get out there like, hey, there's a fit for everybody. Not everyone's going to the big leagues. Not everyone's going to the NFL, but there's a lot of routes you can take as a college athlete that can take you on different trajectories. And it doesn't matter what level you're at. Here you are, you know, coaching at the highest level, knocking on the college playoff door. But can you talk a little bit about your background and how you got to this place and, and kind of your, your, your work through college football from the coaching side?
2: Well, yeah, and I'll, I'll echo, you know, what you said as far as I think there is a a place, uh, that God has for everybody and and it doesn't matter what level you're at. It's what you do with where you're at and the lessons you really learn. Like, you know, I think, uh, the game of football and sports in particularly, but game of football reveals so much about who you are. and, And, and if you learn the lessons that it teaches, those set you up for lifelong success and lifelong significance, which is what you're aiming for, is be significant in your community and with your family and the people that you can impact on a daily basis. And, and sports teach that, and the game of football teaches that. And so, uh, you know, I was fortunate to be raised by uh, a family that, that was a football coach. My dad was a football coach, a longtime coach, a coach of a, a lot of sports. And so I understood the value of a coach and understood the value of sports teams from early on uh, and the competitiveness that it teaches and was fortunate enough to go, you know, play college uh, football at East Tennessee State. At least I was on the team. I wasn't very good, but I was on the team. But the uh, the lessons that I learned through that and the way that coaches impacted me wanted me to continue to be a coach because I saw the impact it had on me. And, and I was fortunate enough to start there basically as a restricted earnings coach and wasn't making much, you know, much of anything, but I, I was loving the opportunity to coach ball and just to impact people. And, and this game took me, as you mentioned, I was FCS and then I became a division two head coach for uh, four years and then an FCS head coach and then an assistant at FPS and, and now here. Uh, but through all that, uh, the 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 job might have changed, the level might have changed, but the why behind it uh, never did. You know, and, and using football and, and allowing the, the lessons that are taught through it, using those to guide young people to help make their lives better through the sport of football is the whole purpose and reason behind it. And that's why I do what I do, and that's why I love the sport, because I know what it can do, uh, the trajectory that it can put you on, regardless if you make it able to play at the highest level the lessons you learn from it will allow you to become the highest level adult, highest level husband, highest level uh, father, and that's ultimately what you're trying to accomplish through the sport.
3: How do you navigate, so say you talk about life lessons and such, but at the same time, you know, performance is, is, uh, listen, uh, you know, I would imagine wins and losses matter at the college level. I mean, they matter in general, but I mean, how do you know, you know, where you need to make sure that you take out or extract the value in the lessons that are being taught which may supersede that of the wins and losses, so how you know because with kids you know everything's focused on performance and, and unfortunately in, in today's youth sports culture, it seems like you know parents get misguided if their kid goes over four in a baseball game, we have a tendency to at times you know want to pick that apart. you might have went over four but had great at bats you know and, and contributed as a teammate. How do you as a coach kind of navigate that do you, do you make sure that you let's say you're, you're going over a you know, you're in the film room or wherever, and you see maybe a performance wasn't that great, but the effort was there. Do you try to highlight the effort? Yeah, I, I
2: think, uh, well, you know, we all know you talked about winning. Everybody wants to win, and everybody has the expect- expectation to win, and nobody wants to lose. And, and, and obviously, uh, I'm going to be fired on winning or losing, not, hey, are you impacting people? I get that. But I think we we put so much emphasis, in, and especially in youth, and not necessarily on winning, but hey, I got to perform so I can get this scholarship, right? It's all about. It's all about performing to do something so I can get to the next level instead of really enjoying the game, learning the game, and learning what it means to be a good teammate. And, you know, how we try to handle that is I I tell our team all the time, everybody wants to win. I said, we throw the ball out. Everybody wants to win because it it feels good. But at the end of the day, why are you wanting to win? And if your why is strong enough, then the results will follow. Because I can want to win, but if my why is not strong enough to follow through to make sure that win happens and do the little things necessary, like you mentioned the effort and things, that's what we talk about a lot is, Hey, you did, you didn't accomplish this performing, but why, what's the why behind why not? And if you teach them those things, then they learn the lesson, but also hopefully it helps you produce those wins you want on the field. That's how we try to handle things.
3: A big topic of discussion in the youth and amateur sport today and I actually put a tweet out about it. I had a coaches meeting last. I'm getting ready to coach my kids seven and eight u machine pitch baseball league. And I will say the the director of the league did a heck of a job with all the coaches. and some of the things that that had to be talked about, I was kind of like, you know, warning the coaches that your behavior, you know could end up getting a suspension. I'm like, I can't believe we have to go over the stuff at seven eight u baseball games like guys get thrown out of, get thrown out of games for arguing with umpires, you know, arguing with officials. And I've interviewed probably five hundred plus coaches and athletes uh, at all different levels. And there is, a, there is a referee, umpire, official shortage, like borderline crisis. You know, my boys wrestle uh, at the high school level. And I hear, you know, wrestling people all the time say, man, it's hard to get officials that want to come out here and deal with kind of the riffraff. How much do you think that parents and even coaches for that matter at the youth level need to remember? Because I think it's important coming from someone with your platform, like these officials and referees and such umpires at the youth level, they're not pros. They're not, they're not out there on college game day, getting paid thousands of dollars of their game. Is it something that we got to be mindful of? And if so, how do we do that? How do we, as parents especially, resist the urge to want to, you know, act like we're a college coach or a pro coach on TV and kind of, you know, go after an umpire, and official?
2: Well, I do think, you know, it it is an issue. You can see there's a lot of high schools, uh, you know, and state associations across the country that have to maybe have games on different nights because they have a shortage of officials. Uh, And a big part of that is obviously, as you mentioned, one, those officials aren't getting paid a lot of money. That's something they're doing because they love the sport. And two, they're getting berated so bad by, uh, you name it, coaches, parents, whoever. I mean, why do it for what they're getting? You know, they're they're basically doing it for the love of the game, nothing else. And I do think there's a big issue with that. My young kids I have play, you know, youth sports right now. And, you know, there's missed calls all the time. And even, you know, myself, I have to, you know, I have to watch them. Hey, don't say nothing. They're trying to – because your natural reaction is you want your child to win the game or you want your team to win the game. And because we've lost sight at a young age, of, uh, it's, they put so much more emphasis on winning instead of learning how to play and, and, and then enjoying the game and learning what it takes to be a good teammate. It's all about win, win, win. Because most people are so caught up with, well, my son or my daughter have to get this so they can get to this, or they need this notoriety so they can get to this. And we've really forgotten why sports exist. Uh, and that's really the culture that we're part of. But I, if we do not change, find a way to change, I don't know if it's the mindset, but educate on why youth sports exist, uh, then we're going to be in for a a real hurting because you're not going to have enough people to really be able to umpire or referee or official these games where the, where these sports leagues can exist. It's a challenge in sports. They, they do so much for, our culture so much for young people and building confidence and giving them something to to, uh, love and and how to build a family. I mean, our country is, if you look at divorce rate, we have a lot of broken homes, a lot of broken things, but sports is not one of them. Sports is the greatest uniter we have, and that's taught at a young age. And there's people that hug each other and laugh and have a great time that look differently, that speak differently, come from different backgrounds, but they all have something in common when they're on that quarter on that field. And if we don't get control of that, um, then and that goes away. We're definitely in a, in a hurting. So I think it's a big deal. And, and I don't know the exact answer, you know, but from an education standpoint, but uh, I think these uh, these youth groups and the different things have to educate these parents. And this is what this is this has nothing to do with getting your kid a college scholarship or or playing for the best travel team. This is about learning and enjoying what it takes to be a good teammate. If they're not willing to do that, then hey, this is not the league they need to be a part of.
3: You know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And you've mentioned teammate a few times now, and that's something that I think gets lost at times. Because as you said, and quite frankly, a lot of a lot of the the landscape today is about uh, promoting. It's about um, how do I get myself on a pedestal to be able to get noticed, how to get seen? But what gets lost is, you know, one of the best ways to get noticed is, is how you react to a teammate who might have just dropped a pass or threw an interception, missed a block. You know, do you go up to him and pat him on the backside and say, hey, it's going to be all right or are you showing him up? What does it mean to you as someone who's coaching, you know, at the highest level of college football? What does it mean to you, you know, and I guess you can go both ways and say, what does it mean to be a great teammate both at the youth level and at the college level? Is there a differentiator or, or you know, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think it's just important that you get, you know, when I talk about the, the teammates thing, and I, I think it's important that you get people that are, that are selfless and understand that, hey, what I do individually is important, but it's important within that team frame, and that work of the team and that framework of the team and we want guys that understand the value of that because you can't do this game alone that's why it's called a team it's not called an individual sport it's not it's not golf it's not tennis it's not any other thing you need to have a team that works together that's cohesive that helps the team be successful and each individual part has to work right it's like an engine we share our guys all the time it's like an engine You know, this this engine can be unbelievable. It can be the best engine we have. But if we don't have the proper gas in it, if we don't have the proper oil in it, it doesn't work. And And that's why teamwork is so important because it helps you become your best self because everybody else is becoming their best self. And if you look at, let's take sports out of it, we're trying to develop leaders through sports, right? You're working with somebody or you're working for someone or under someone the rest of your working life. And if you understand how that is to work with the team and put what this organization or company what they're trying to achieve if that's always in the forefront it will achieve and you learn that through teamwork and so it's an important part of of the success we've had is getting players to be their best individual self but be their best individual self within that framework of what the team needs
3: after the break jamie and i talk about the importance of leadership and why a player-led team is often better than a coach-led team Welcome back. Where we left off, Coach Chadwell and I were about to discuss how to empower vocal leaders and what it means to build true accountability in your program. You know, I, um, I actually had a call earlier, uh, I got to play a year at North Carolina Wesleyan College for Mike Fox, who was the longtime head coach at University of North Carolina Baseball, and we have a great relationship, he's one of the, you know, he's just an amazing man, and I, I lean on him at times for, you know, for for counsel, you know, like get his feedback on things, and we were talking earlier this morning, because I have to give a talk uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, and I asked him, you know, about some talking points, and, you know, we, we kind of got into a little discussion about our team culture that we had uh, back in the day, and how... I looked at Coach Fox like he had he held us accountable, right? We had discipline, we had structure, there was expectations on and off the baseball field. But at the same time, one of the things that I think he did so well was empowered the team. You know, it was understood that it was our team and especially our upperclassmen, especially our all Americans, our best players. They were the ones that were kind of running things like you know coach fox didn't have to tell you know the routine when freshmen came on campus because the upperclassmen kind of guided it and i think it's important that kids understand you talked about leadership and developing leaders how do you go about as a coach empowering your team right because i think if i'm on a team or if i'm a freshman or a newcomer on a team yeah it always means something when the head coach or a coach you know explains and, and talks you through things but i think it means even more when your best players are almost like the coach's right hand man, right? How do you build that those kids to become those types of leaders and, and empower them, you know, to be able to guide and lead, especially the underclassmen in your program?
2: Well, that's ultimately what you want. You know, a player led team, as they've always said, is better than a coach led team. You know, and I believe that because it's one thing, you know, a coach is constantly saying, "Hey, these are the things you need to do, you need to do," but if your players are living that and your players are the one holding them to that high standard of accountability. Then you know you have something because then you have complete buy-in, and I think that that's the hardest challenge of coach has is to develop strong enough leaders. Because most leaders today, uh, and especially because of the, the way their culture's been and what we what we live on, social media and all those things, most leadership today is is more example. It's not vocal because you know they, if they're saying anything, they're saying it in a message right on a text or whatever. And so try to develop vocal leaders is in, in my opinion, is one of the biggest challenges coaches face. It's not finding leaders, it's finding vocal leaders uh, that are willing to make a stand for that accountability. But you have to put them in positions who your leaders are. you have to put them in positions to, to have the chance to lead. But also when there is a chance and they don't take advantage of it, being able to show them how this is how you can take advantage of it you can do this in a in a in a way that's not demoralizing or demeaning but also saying this is who we have to be and we can't go backwards on it uh and i think you but you have to build around that leader you have to give him the confidence that he is willing to know he can make a stand on it because he's got total backing from a coaching staff or from a program of this is a standard and we don't go backwards on that so it comes in consistency from your coach And I think your coaches have to be consistent on how they handle the discipline, how they handle each and every situation. If the players know, especially your leaders know, that, hey, this is what the standard is and there's no gray area with it, then they can feel more free to be empowered to be that vocal leader and and take that stand of accountability because then they know the coaches are not going to go backwards on that. And I think that's how you build true accountability throughout your program.
3: I'm listening to you and I'm thinking back, like, you know, sometimes there has to be an example made. I know from our own experience, you know, my own experience, like, You know, sometimes guys would falter, you know, your better players would have their own issue with a coach or have a run in, right? Because they're 18, 19, 20 year old kids. And then from that experience, you know, so if they're held accountable, you know, learning through the failure, you know, learning. We got to remember, you know, especially today, man, I feel like we got to remember these kids are young men. You know, they're still coming of age. They're still learning. They're still, you know, becoming men, you know, men or women for that matter. And everything gets magnified, as you said, on social media. But I think it's important to understand, and I hope you'll touch on it, you know, that while you are coaching, sure, men, they're still young men. And even when you talk about the youth age, like kids are going to falter, they're going to fail. We can't burn them at the stake, you know, right away, you know, especially because I think these kids all, everything gets magnified. Everything's caught on video. Everything's caught on, you know, tweets or whatever. Sometimes they have to learn the hard way, but then when do you know Like, hey, this is a great opportunity for growth and when you may need to, because let's face it, I've heard many coaches say like when you put things out on social media, that can hurt you in the recruiting process. So how do you differentiate what may be a real problem that you might want to stay away from versus something that you know you can coach through and teach and that kid may learn from and grow and ultimately become better?
2: Well, that's that's the biggest challenge, I think, with the recruiting and with young people because social media is so out there uh and uh, you know you can you can put something on there and 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 it be something that you you don't want to be proud or you're not proud of but also i think that's where grace comes in i think that's where understanding comes in of who they are what their background is and what they're you know maybe what they're being taught or not being taught and then you try to make sure that they do they represent in their daily actions the type of values you want in your program yes this one action was not that it but is that truly who they are based off of a history of being in school and how they're doing with their classes and how they treat people at their campus and all these different things. You know, our cancel culture, anytime, especially depending on what you're trying to cancel, right? Um, uh, one little thing, people want to bring it up and say you're this or that over one little thing. And I, and I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. I mean, just like when you get a player in your program, um, they're going to mess up. Maybe they don't go to class. Maybe they say something they, they wish they wouldn't. It's part of teaching and helping them grow. So, uh, we try to make sure here, that you know there is a standard accountability but we also have grace and i think you have to i think you have to understand that not everybody was raised a certain way or had maybe the same opportunities to learn the necessary foundation that they need to be significant and successful over long term and that's part of your job through sports is to teach that uh and so you have to make sure you do your homework on, on where they're coming from and and finding those people that really know who the person is and, and getting to know hey i, I can trust that That's not who this person is. He made a mistake here or there. We've all done it, right? People are so allowed to make mistakes and just because they make one doesn't mean they're a bad person. And, and just like in, in our program, we, you know, we have, we have different things that there's discipline for, uh, but it takes a lot, uh, for you to be not part of our program anymore. That makes sense because I I think, I think we all have a different learning curve and you have to, you have some of us are slower to learn than others. And, uh, but I think that's what we've lost sight of, especially today because everything, everything is instant, right? everything's instant. And if you screw up, well, we want instant, hey, something's wrong, you know, and and nobody wants to, everybody wants to get labeled a certain way. And and I don't believe in that.
3: Everyone's looking for the head start, And that's a great segue. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about. There's a big push for early specialization these days, coach, where, you know, in order to get the the fast track and be the best and get the, the, the quickest looks, uh, you got to be all in on one sport year round. And every coach I speak with at the college level in particular, um, they love kids that have a background of competition in different arenas, you know, that play different sports or at least have a have a background. In it. it's that competitive aspect of it. What are your thoughts on kids that specialize early, you know, maybe play football year round versus those that, you know, maybe play hoops in the winter, or play baseball in the spring or whatever the case is? Do you see like a more traction to the multi or or the specialized kid? And is there a competitive piece that's highlighted or that you see? There's a difference in.
2: Well, I, I do love I do love people that play multiple sports. I, I think you know you, you can you can read all the different things about it. I take my, myself from it. I love being able to one uh, learn different skills that each game that each game taught. You know, I think each each skill that you learn from from the different games that you play, can transition to any other sport. I like that. I learned how to be able to communicate with different teammates, you know, from in different sports because it's all different. And it does, it it keeps you competitive all year round. But the thing that I I love more about it than anything is that you're willing, you're willing maybe to go do something you're not as good at and keep working to try to get better at it. I think that's why you see a lot of specialization is, well, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at this. Maybe not as good at this. So instead of going and trying to be better at the other one, let me just specialize on this one. And some people, I think they did a Super Bowl tweet of the people in the Super Bowl. I think 2% played one sport the rest of them were multi-sport athletes. Yeah, I saw that. I think is what it was. Which, I mean, I think that shows you there's, there's more and more push people. You know, it, it teaches so much different things any sport does, but it just, one, it, it just keeps you aware. The thing that I love about sports teams is, they want you to do it academically right so each coach's job is to keep you locked in on your academics so you can play so we're helping you grow in all different areas and i think sometimes when you specialize you know somebody is trying to help you thinking hey i can guarantee i can get you somewhere if you just do this all year round and i think you hurt end up hindering sometimes uh, the growth of of an individual because you don't allow them or not you don't allow but they don't make the choice to go do other things and work on other skills that can help transition and translate to help them become a better all-around athlete but i love the i love people that play multiple sports i think it's important my son's 12 my girls are young i've told them that they're going to play multiple sports whether they're good at them or not because i believe in what it teaches and, the, and what it the values that it, that it helps you learn uh, but also i think it makes you well-rounded and that's what you ultimately want to be and you can be able to learn how to communicate with different people from different backgrounds and different things uh, it's a it's a big deal. I know it's something in our program we look for. You know that we think that's important that you run track if you play football or you do basketball whatever. Like I love basketball. I love pickup basketball. I stink. I couldn't throw one in the ocean, but I love to play. <laughs> uh, and you know, and that and and I remember that as a young child. I looked forward to each different season. Uh, and you know, I love I love doing those things. And uh, I think part of the specialization now is because everybody's so enamored by that next level, whatever it is, right? College pro that hey what's gonna get me to the next level even at a young age right instead of just hey playing the game to learn what it's about and learn the lessons and get better at get better at those things and having fun with your kid your friends you know playing baseball with your friends at eight and then everybody go getting a go get some free drink after the game at little League you know I, I mean that they enjoy it I think we're trying to grow up so fast that's why we end up getting specialization too much and uh, and there's some people that specialize and end up being great you know good for them I'm not knocking that part of it but i don't think it's healthy for the overall benefit of the of the player
3: coach chadwell i cannot thank you enough for coming on and i wish you nothing but success and continued along the way
2: i appreciate you having me on god bless
3: that's jamie chadwell head football coach at coastal carolina Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project.
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week.